Hello and welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Hey Jonathan, how's it going? It's going well. Uh, it's been a good week. Uh, we had some sad news. We'll get to that later in the show uh, involving a Lifeway trustee, uh, his church this week. But uh, we have some big news regarding Phoenix. Amy, you talked about it two weeks ago. We were up against the deadline for the Committee on Resolutions. They were named this week, and we've got a chairman that should be no stranger to Southern Baptists. That's right. Barrett Duke has been named committee chairman. Now, uh, Dr. Duke is the uh, state exec for Montana, um, executive director of the Montana Southern Baptist Convention. And um, his membership is Weems Creek Baptist Church in Annapolis, Maryland, uh, which is not that odd considering the fact he just moved to Montana not too long ago. So he's um, still in that transition process. But uh, he is, should be well known to many people because he was the vice president of uh, the the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission for a number of years. Uh, so Committee on Resolutions, the work that they do... Um, he is very well suited for this task, um, and he is leading a uh, a really good, uh, really really good committee, from what I can see. Yeah, and we we talked about this offline, and we, we've talked to several people in the Southern Baptist Convention. Everybody I've talked to has been very impressed with this committee. Uh, excited about the work that they will get to do in Phoenix for the Southern Baptist annual meeting. And we'll go over those names real quick. Ken Alford, who's the pastor at Crossroads Baptist Church in Valdosta, Georgia. Felix Cabrera, the co-founder of the Hispanic Baptist Pastors Alliance. Linda Cooper, who's the national president of the WMU. And Jason Dusing, a friend of the pod here, provost and associate professor of historical theology at Midwestern Seminary, David Level. His father was the president of New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary at one time. Uh, Matthew McKellar, who's the associate professor of preaching over at Southwestern. Uh, Jeffrey Riley, who's a professor of ethics at New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary. Roland Slate, who's on the executive committee. He's a pastor at Meridian Southern Baptist Church in El Cajon, California. And rounding it out is Jim Smith, vice president of the NRB in Washington, D.C. Another well-known name to Southern Baptist uh, from his time in Florida and at uh, Southern. Yes, and uh, this is, we've talked about this a little bit. All of our committees, they have very specific, you know, stipulations. And Bylaw 20 is what addresses the Resolutions Committee. And you can see all of this in the BP story that we'll uh, link in the show notes. The Resolutions Committee has to have at least two members who served the previous year. That helps bring some continuity, uh, people who have experience and are familiar with what last year's messengers uh, said. Two is a minimum not a maximum. So we have four uh, people on this committee, Linda Cooper, Jason Dusing, Roland Slade, and Jim Smith. And then uh, also three executive committee members, at least three have to be on there. Uh, Roland, Sw- Roland Slade and Linda Cooper also meet this uh, requirement, and Ken Offord does as well. So you have some of those uh, those things that that help give some connection uh, to last year, connection to the executive committee. Uh, so this is this is a good group. Um, several of them uh, I know, you know, uh, others I've heard of. Now, I do want to point out as I was, because uh, every year I like to kind of track these down, the ones I don't know. I'll, I'll look and see um, maybe their church website or whatever, just to learn a little bit more. Uh, Ken Offord, pastor of Crossroads Baptist Church, yep, Valdosta, Georgia. Something. He is a little piece of trivia out here for our listeners. Um, 
he is the one. Was it baptized? Yes. Was it baptized? You told me baptized. Yes. yes. Baptized a uh, Ted DiBiase, the million dollar man. Yes. Um. And uh, you know, I there are probably some folks of, of a certain generation that may not be as familiar with uh, Ted DiBiase, but I was pretty excited when I read that. I'm always um. Uh, I'm just at the right age range yep. for that to be kind of a big deal. So I have a Ted DiBiase story. Yeah, give it to I, me. When I was in college at Southern Miss, Ted DiBiase, mm-hmm. uh, he was on the speaking circuit doing his testimony thing and everything, and came to an FCA meeting at Southern Miss, and I was able to go and see him and meet him, and uh, that, that was kind of cool. So well, and it looks like much of that is thanks to uh, Dr. Ken Alford. There you go. So, you know, maybe if we get a chance to connect with him, I wonder you'll have all these people who he's on the executive committees, on the resolutions committee. They'll want to talk to him about SBC things. If he runs into us, we're going to want to talk about something else. Well, last year you were the assistant parliamentarian, and you worked with the resolutions committee, didn't you? Um, I did. That was one of the things that I um got to help with, uh, just keeping track because the resolutions report can be a pretty uh, fast-paced time. You know, some resolutions come through. Nobody has amendments to the one that thanks the city of Phoenix. Uh, but I, when I'm going to amend s- that this year just because you said, you know, that's my favorite amendment or favorite it's resolution. Important. It's important. Yes. It makes a statement. It makes a statement of goodwill. We do it to everybody. Um, if you if you do it for everybody, then are you really making a statement? You have to say thank you somehow, I and know, that's, know, our, that's the one statement. That's, so, what we, that's anyway. how we say thank you. That's right. But usually there's one or two resolutions that end up having some significant discussion and, and we, we have to keep track so quickly. So that was one of the one of the things that I did. And I enjoyed that very much. I also enjoyed uh, just getting to work with and be around uh, Dr. Stephen Rummage. So who knows? You know, maybe we'll get to, to make some connections. And if I get to talk to, to Dr. Alford, I'll probably ask him about this. Yeah. Uh, once again, a good crop of servants for the SBC to serve on the resolutions committee. Now, Lamy, let's talk about resolutions. There's a few parts in here that also deal with how to submit a resolution. They can be submitted as early as April 15th, but no later than 15 days prior to the annual meeting, which is around May the 30th, uh, giving them a, a couple of weeks to consider the submissions. If you're going to submit a resolution, you have to have an accompanying letter from your church saying that you are an actual member and you are in good standing and you are able to submit a resolution. Right. And then also uh, you can send those to the executive committee uh, office in Nashville here, 901 Commerce Street, and uh, you can email them or mail them to them. And you can only submit no more than three per year per person. Right. And uh, so no more than three. And then uh, one thing that's a really important one, if a properly submitted resolution is not forwarded by them to the meeting. Uh, so sometimes they, they will take resolutions and they will work on them. So if they decide to sort of take the same topic, but change the wording somewhat, that's totally up to them. Uh, if you submit one and, and they bring it out and you're, you, you don't like how they maybe change the wording, then that's, that's where you use the floor to make amendments or discuss. Uh, but if they choose not to bring a resolution out of committee, um, then at the end of the report, uh, that, that's the one where a, a two thirds vote of messengers have to, uh, a two thirds vote is, is what would bring it to the convention floor. The important thing to remember is it still has to have been properly submitted. So no one can show up 
having not submitted a resolution and say, hey, I want to bring one right now. Yeah, it's not uh, like motions. Right. You have to go through this process. You have to submit it to the committee. They have to um, choose not to bring it out before you can bring it. If any of our listeners have anything in mind, uh, we'll again have this in the show notes. So follow this process uh, to get your resolutions there. I know they will be eager and ready to receive. Also, just of note, they do not publish these beforehand. Um, as a matter of fact, all that you see of the original resolutions will just be in the bulletin. It will show who submitted them. Um, but then you'll see the, right. And the topic, and then you'll see the text from the committee. The only ones we will see beforehand is if the person submitting chooses to publicize it themselves. All right. Well, some more news from the SPC annual meeting. The pastor's conference has scholarship opportunities this year. Uh, thanks to uh, several. I love this. Yeah. Thanks to several mega churches that have donated for pastors. Uh, they have a uh, five to 20 scholarships, depending on how much money they get. If they get more money, they'll, they'll do even more. Um, but uh, they are anticipating at least five and up to 20 travel reimbursement scholarships. Basically, if you apply and you're accepted, it's for small church pastors because the the whole emphasis is on the, the average church pastor uh, this year. And how it works is basically you come first, come first serve, you submit your application. If you're approved, you get a $1,000 check to your church to help defray uh, the expenses to travel to the annual meetings. Yeah, and here's what I like about this, too, is, is this is coming through the pastor's conference, but there's a, a paragraph in here that, that got my attention. It said it can be used for travel, hotel, meals, book purchases, and any other convention-related resources. Scholarship recipients must agree to attend all sessions of the pastor's conference and SBC annual meeting. So I mean, this is a way where they're actually serving churches and the, the meeting itself by helping people be messengers. It's not just for the pastor's conference. It's to stay the whole time and to participate in the process. I think this is a fantastic way to help people engage in the process. Yep. And speaking of getting engaged in the process, there's also a need for volunteers for the crossover event that happens uh, the weekend before the had the big uh, Harvest America crusade at the uh, University of Phoenix Stadium up in Glendale uh, the Sunday night before the convention. So you can't volunteer and crossover and do the $1,000 scholarship because you would miss the pastor's conference, right? Uh, right. So, uh, but there are some scholarships, I think, available for the crossover event. Uh, and you can, I think, get with Micah Freeze on Twitter about that. There's, there's something, Micah's got something going on with NAM and a uh, ascending trip over there, or a vision trip uh, with Nam. So at Micah Freeze, F-R-I-E-S, uh, it's Micah Freeze. He's a pastor at Brainerd Baptist. But that, that's neither here nor there, but I know that's available. Uh, but that's about this. They're expecting, or they need 4,000 to 6,000 volunteers to staff the evangelistic outreach event that's going on the night before the SPC uh, annual meeting. Yeah, so they are, uh, they're really trying to reach the Phoenix area and uh, this is this is great. Now, a, a lot of seminary students will be there as well, helping on the ground uh, the week leading up to the crusade, uh, hoping that they will will reach maybe twenty thousand homes. Um, so this is a big. It's a little bit different than past years for crossover, uh, but but definitely uh, there'll be a lot going on Sunday night in Phoenix. Yep, there will be two different audiences, obviously, for that. So, uh, you know, a very outreach and, and evangelism focused event up at the University of Phoenix Stadium in Glendale and then down in downtown Phoenix at the convention center. We have the uh, the training and encouragement for pastors. So uh, should be a fun and busy day in Phoenix. All right. Well, we, we talked a lot in recent 
months about religious liberty, and there is a Baptist church up in Illinois facing a religious liberty issue in conjunction with a building that they're trying to purchase. Uh, Basically, the city is saying that they can't purchase it because of parking issues. Yeah, this is this is very interesting. Um, so it's a zoning ordinance. It requires religious assemblies to have a certain number of parking spaces. And uh, Emanuel needs 19 spaces, uh, but they use street parking. The type of uh, the, the building that they're using uses street parking. And so it uh, the the city is saying that that doesn't that doesn't work. Um, that doesn't work with their zoning ordinance, and so they're they've got a challenge in front of them. Yep, and the the strange thing is that city officials assured Carter, uh, who's the pastor there, that the sale would not be blocked despite the church's use of street parking. And then things changed, um, and that was in 2011. And in 2016, uh, they said that they still need to meet it. Uh, so we're going to just have to watch this one and, and see how it shapes up. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Moore had a quote in here talking about situations like this are exactly why Baptists have long insisted that no government authority has the right to mute or impede upon religious speech or worship. His hope is that the case will be settled quickly on the church's behalf. If not, the RLC looks forward to being advocates for this church and for all of our churches in the days yes. ahead. Very good. Kevin, keep an eye out on that. Uh, And this is something I think we're going to see more and more in cities whenever we're trying to plant churches. I remember a couple of years ago, we had the issue in uh, New York. Yeah, uh, where the school. uh, The school's not one to let church plants. And and eventually that that worked itself out. But uh, those are always uh, in danger of rearing their heads, it seems. Yeah. And this is, you know, these are things that are going to go up and down and change a lot, I think, because if you look in this story, um, it's saying that in 2011, they assured him, the city officials assured him it wouldn't be blocked. Um, But then in 2016, it says, other city officials took a different stance. So you have to remember, we're dealing with elected officials here. You're dealing with transition and turnover. And what, um, you know, what one person says may not be what the next person says. Uh, so it, it will be interesting as, uh, you know, the culture around us just shifts on some things to see how that, how that plays out. Um, he also said, uh, the, the, the pastor did that, that, uh, their lawsuit was a last resort. They've tried uh, to work with uh, with the city, and they have the support of their aldermen, but this was just the, the only thing left to do. Yeah. So definitely something to watch. It was the final straw. So Yeah. All right, and then some awful news out of New Braunfels, Texas this past week. First Baptist Church, New Braunfels, uh, their senior adult choir was traveling back from an event and a retreat in a local Baptist encampment, and a truck traveled across the center lane and struck their uh, church van head-on, killing 13 members of the group. Only one has survived so far. Uh, the pastor at New First Baptist New Braunfels is Brad McLean. He's a, a trustee at Lifeway, a uh, mm. guy I know, and it, just devastating for the church. Uh, and we, we, you know, Dr. Rayner found out, called him immediately uh, this week when this happened. Uh, just, right. just a terrible, terrible event in the life of this church. And, and there's a community in New Braunfels, Texas, which is just north of San Antonio, uh, in the uh, right around the San Marcos area where Texas State University is located. Uh, but th- this community is hurting this week. Yeah, um, it, it's just crushing. And, you know, you see when there's an accident like this, you know, the headline is tough. But then when you, you go and you read the story and you realize just how many people 
were lost, um, just overwhelming. And then, you know, I don't know about you, but you, know, you hurt so much for the families, you hurt for the community. But for me, I just I hurt so much for um, Brad McLean, just for the the pastor, because these are such heavy, heavy times. Pastors carry the burden uh, of the church and their people um, on a daily basis, anyway. And so this is a lot of of grief that I, I'm I'm certain he is experiencing right now personally, and then he is also uh, just doing the work of ministry, and so. Uh, what a tough, what a tough time and a tough week for this church. Yeah, it, I'm looking at the names and ages of those who, who passed away in this tragic accident, and it looks like two couples um, went uh, to be with the Lord uh, at the same time. I, mean, I, I just can't imagine yeah. that the families losing, you know, grandparents and parents like that. So, right, just uh, keep those uh, folks in New Braunfels in your prayers. And uh, we are at Lifeway, I don't know, uh, around the Southern Baptist Convention. In this story, there's a couple of statements from Jim Richards, from Frank Page. Uh, you know, it's just something that we, we've talked about quite a bit at Lifeway this week, just because uh, of it, you know, involving one of our trustees being the pastor there. So yeah. uh, I, I cannot imagine uh, what that church is going through, and uh, I, I'm praying for them. And I know many Southern Baptists across the world are as well. Yes, definitely. All right, and our final note here, uh, some research, Amy. Uh, again, a new research project on racial reconciliation. When Protestant pastors have been asked if they had leaders in their church who have urged them to preach about racial reconciliation, 73% say they have not. Only 26% say they have. That's That was really interesting. So, you know, they, they do say their churches are open to hearing about it. Um, in high numbers, our, our yeah. congregation would welcome a sermon on racial reconciliation. 90% agree. Um, that's, that's huge. And that's, I, I think, tremendous progress from, from what it was at one time. But have leaders in your church urged you to preach about it? 73% say no. So, so what it seems like is it seems like we're at a place of receptivity, um, among church members, but not necessarily a proactive, uh, understanding or desire that, you know, we need to hear about this, help us with this. Yeah. And and also when asked uh, which of the following had they done personally in the last three months to encourage racial reconciliation, fifty-seven uh, percent said they'd spent time socializing with neighbors of other ethnicities, fifty-three percent said they'd led times of corporate prayer f- for racial reconciliation, and fifty-one percent discussed the issue with leaders in the church. That's the only ones of uh, about six or seven options uh, that went over the fifty percent mark. Uh, only forty-five percent said that they have preached on racial reconciliation in the last three months. Yeah, it was really interesting. Now, my pastor has, actually. We uh, we just had a, a sermon in maybe January, late January, early February. Now, now um, when you say your pastor, are you this. talking about Keith? Or are you talking about Tony? Uh, well, this is uh, Tony Morita. So, okay. uh, yeah. No, I so just Keith knew that is, Keith's doing the interim yes, work, he, so... Right. He's doing an interim pastorate. And so uh, there are some Sundays when the kids and I are with him. And then some Sundays, it's just such a long day uh, for for them, for us to go down there, that we stay at home and we go to our church, Imago Day Church. And so this was Tony Morita uh, that did this. But, um, you know, we, we have a lot. I would actually say we have a lot of church members who are proactive about this. And perhaps he would have been uh, in that 
uh, yeah. 26% that would say, yes, you know, the leaders have urged me to preach on this. Um, but it's definitely something that he's preached on in other churches before. It's very important to him. And so he would be one that has done it in the last um, three months. And it's encouraging to see this happening more and more because it's, you know, it's an important issue. And, and as, as Southern Baptists, now this research was with Protestant pastors. So Southern Baptists were included in it, but it doesn't make up the entire percentage. But as Southern Baptists, I mean, the resolution where we really addressed this for the first time and the need for reconciliation, I mean, this is 22 years ago. So this is a, a, a good, it's, it's a good place to be that we say, you know, 70, excuse me, that we say 90% would welcome it. Um, but I, I think there just needs to be continued conversation and most people would, would recognize that. Yeah, I, I would agree. So, well, that's going to do it for our news this week. Amy, it brings me to my favorite part of the week this week in SBC history. Amy blew our minds. All right. So this one is from 1949 and it's just something that time, a different era in in, um, society, pre-madman era. (laughs) Oh my goodness. It's just interesting. This so feels most like of right t- out of Mad Men, by the way. So most of the time, I just look through these headlines. Um, I love digging into these old Baptist Press um, files and uh, incredible digital library. Um, and usually I just hit the first article because that's, you know, it's the headline. It's the, the main one. But I got to this when it was on uh, March 29th, 1949. Um, first one is talking about, first article is about Baptist relief packages uh, going to Yugoslavia. And then um, a missionary, very interesting article, worth your time, um, behind the Iron Curtain in Europe. So you have to remember this is, uh, this is in 1949. And just talking about uh, their their work and you know the Lord answering prayers um, in their work, which they can't even disclose so much in this article. But anyway, then it gets to the bottom, and the headline is Dr. Lawrence to Mary, and so it's an engagement announcement in Baptist Press. All right. So who is Dr. Lawrence? That's the first question, obviously. Because this is Dr. J.B. Lawrence, Executive Secretary of the Home Mission Board, uh, which is was uh, before uh, the North American Mission yeah. Board. So, so that's, basically, uh, the the president of NAM. Right, and uh, so it's it, it's an announcement of an engagement. Uh, Mrs. Richard Calvin Houston has announced the engagement of her daughter Helen Scott Houston to Dr. J.B. Lawrence, Executive Secretary of the Home Mission Board. So this is the engagement announcement. Wedding was going to take place on April 26th. Yeah. So um, when it, I first yeah. you sent this to me, I was like, well, that's odd. There's a, a wedding announcement in Baptist Press. But wait, there's more. So th- she was the daughter of the late uh, Dr. Richard Calvin Houston. Ten- for 10 years, he had been pastor of Central Baptist Church in Atlanta and then had been pastor of First Baptist Church in Miami. And she was the secretary to Dr. Lawrence for 20 years, for his 20 years as the chief executive of the Home Mission Board. And then they got married in 1949. Okay, there it is. Yes. A quick read would miss that. But I, and I went and I was like, oh, that's strange. Because that's what I did the first time. I, mean, I even sent it to somebody else and they did the same thing. Oh, he's, you know, that's odd. Yeah. That's that's in BP. And then they read it read it closer and went, oh, wait a minute. He married his secretary. But, she, but you know, they, they worked together for 20 years, yeah. you know. And um, 
And I've tried to look up more about him. I'd like to see more stories about him. I don't know. Um, I mean, he'd been there for 20 years. Yep. He had also been president of Oklahoma Baptist. Yeah, they um, were well advanced in years. It's not like right. it was, and, yeah. Yeah, and I actually would wonder, and again, I, I've tried to do some digging, but it's hard sometimes. If, if, if everything's not digitized, it's very difficult for me. I don't know. He may have been widowed. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not, I'm not sure. Possible. Yeah, I did also find um, a picture. I'm going to throw that link in there too. Uh, it's a, it's also some some digitized files from uh, the historical library and archives, and it's uh, files from the Home Mission Board. It's a, a whole series of Home Mission Board records, and it's got a picture of him. It doesn't have her. It's just him. Um, but uh, you you can see him. This picture's in. 1952. So it's like three years after this announcement. So I, I don't even know how to really say this because usually I say it all started this week in SBC history. I guess you can just say we had kind of a cool thing happening uh, for one of our entity heads celebrating um, a wedding. And it all started, it was all announced this week in SBC history. So right. kind of just a little interesting nugget there. Yeah, there, a nugget. That's one way to put it. All right. Well, that'll bring us to our resources of the week. Amy, your resource is? It's a new Twitter account. Oh, there's a lot of new Twitter accounts out there. Oh, there's new Twitter accounts every single day. But this is one that really got my attention. Mine too. Um, Yes. It's called SBC History. Of course, course it got my attention. Do we know who's behind this yet? I have no idea. If you're behind it, let us know. We're going to give you a gold star because I'm enjoying it. Yeah, here's what I love about it. And also, if you're behind it, tweet more. Dude, yes. I, I would love to see more. Because here's what I love is the Find pictures. Find us a picture of, of the NAM president from 1949. And, and his, his wife. Secretary and slash his wife. wife. Yes. And his wife. Because I'm throwing a picture in there of him. Um, but the first tweet, it was four days ago, and it is a picture of the 1950 SBC annual meeting. And it's so fascinating. I bet he you, was there. Yeah, I bet he was. Maybe <laughs> on their honeymoon. Did, that's right. <laughs> who would take a honeymoon? Speaking of that, who would take a honeymoon to the SBC annual meeting? Okay, I'd like to know the answer to that. If anyone out there knows someone that well, went on their honeymoon to the SBC We are going to be close to Vegas meeting. this year. So it's entirely possible that somebody could be like eloping to Vegas and coming down to Phoenix on their honeymoon. Plenty of people do their family vacations around it. As a matter of fact, we're going to do that. And I'm sure Shocker. a lot of people are um, from uh, the in the, the Grand Canyon area that we're in and just yeah. all the others out west. But um, so plenty of people take their family vacation. Anyway, Maybe somebody did take honeymoon. Yeah. So you look at this picture and you just you enlarge it and examine it. There's banners up on the balcony that show things that are going on. Um you just see all these people. You look at how they're sitting. There's a big uh, table down in front of the stage, and then all these people uh, just sitting in these rows, massive crowds. Uh, you've got that. There's one that's R.G. Lee opening um, the meeting in 1949, Herschel Hobbs and W.A. Criswell um, in 1969. So it's just tons and tons of pictures. And then a few comments, you know, on this day. Uh, this happened. Um, but it is, there's even one about J.B. Lawrence. In 1948, uh, he reported that in 1947, the home missionaries had preached 68,000 sermons and 52,000 plus Bibles, um, had distributed 52,000 plus Bibles. I- anyway. 
there's quite an aerial picture as well. I don't know if you noticed that one. Yes, there is. It was the one that was also actually this week. Um, on this day in 1950, it was announced that Wake Forest was the proposed site for the new SBC Seminary later named uh, Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. So there's a, a beautiful uh, aerial shot that I believe we use often. So yes. um, it's the same one. So it's just a fun uh, Twitter account and gives us a real sort of visual um, of our history. So, but right now it only has 40 followers. We need to up that. I think like we need at least... Yes. we need we, at least... We need, 200 or so. Yeah, 200 by the next week. We have almost a 1,000 people that listen to this every week, so you people need to go follow this. That's right, and my hope is if we can really get the follower count up, that whoever's behind it uh, will just start tweeting more and more. Yes. We're we're with you, whoever you are at SBC History. Yes. So So that's my resource. Awesome. My resource is the new She Reads Truth Bible. I, I guess I should have let you do this one, but uh, my wife got a copy of that this week, and it is phenomenal. I'm kind of excited. I'm hoping, and and if if this is not the case, uh, maybe you'll come through for me. But I'm hoping uh, I'll be at the Gospel Coalition next week mm. that I will see one of them there, and yes. maybe I'll get one. Uh, yeah, well, that, it's entirely possible. And if not, I will come through because that's what I do. I come through. Um, yes, because so, it's a CSB. It's a yeah, CSB. It's a new Bible. CSB Bible. Just phenomenal. I, she got the uh, the orange heart, uh, cloth overboard one, uh, so it's kind of hard yeah. to but it has that really nice feel to it. Just a phenomenal resource. The inside of this thing is spectacular. I, I'm blown away by it. Just looking at, I mean, all the, I mean, you know, it's it's got the, the great new translation, but it's got all these different notes and Bible reading plans and all kind of stuff from the She Reads Truth ladies. So Amanda Williams and company, you guys have done a phenomenal job with this. Uh, also with uh, you know Brandon Smith and the entire uh, B&H team that's working on the Bibles, Trevin Wax, everybody over there have done a phenomenal job with the rollout of the CSB. So if you've got a wife, give it to your wife, uh, ladies, uh, give it to your girlfriends, you know, if, that you have your accountability group, your Bible study group, whatever it is, use this Bible. It's phenomenal. So check it out. Uh, and, uh, you know, that's my resource of the week. I'm, I'm very excited about this one. Hopefully by the time we talk again next week, I will have my own. Yep. So you're going to Indiana. Is that where it is? Indianapolis? Yes. Indianapolis. Home of Mike Pence. Yes. Don't go anywhere without your husband, Amy. Um, I, well, he will be there. So. Yes. Okay. It, it's. It, we'll dine we'll together. Have, I'm going to just move on from that. And, uh, we will, we will enjoy our, our visit to the Gospel Coalition National Conference. Um, there will be, uh, Southeastern will have a booth there. So I'll be, uh, helping with, with the team and, uh, also helping just cover some of our folks that are, are around presenting. So it'll be a really, really good time. Who and, um, uh, well, Dr. Aiken is, is presenting. Uh, he is, he's part of the, the ERLC pre-conference and he's also going to be doing a, a session with Matt Carter. You know what you might get, um, Amy? What? You might get a slap bracelet. Uh, I know. I saw that. They I have saw slap that, bracelets, that Amy. They're doing slap bracelets you know at the pre-conference. Have? We have stickers what? now. We do have stickers. Yes. SBC This Week stickers. Yes. I got them. They're ordered. We've got them. So and, at and the what's our meeting. plan? Yeah. What's our plan with the stickers? I'm I would like to that. hear. I'm working on it. Okay. I've got 500 okay. stickers. I don't know what my plan is yet. So I'm, I'm hoping I, that I can get you know, each entity head to wear one while they give their report. I don't think that's going to happen, but I'm working on it. Good luck with that. I may try um, to stick one to the front of Dr. Gaines's Bible. So when he holds his Bible up as he's preaching, everybody will see 
SBC this week. I don't think that'll work either, though. I'm going to go on record as saying I have nothing to do with that idea. Well, and maybe, so if if if, if anyone Billingsley sees shows up, I yeah, can, like it, no. if anyone sees that, let it be said right now and clear. I was not connected with that. But you're the um, one that's on stage, so. I mean, nope, that's why I'm saying it. That's why I'm saying it right now. And uh, so, I, but I gave you some ideas. I have some ideas for other yep. other swag. I'm working so. on a possible, you know, like SBC this week platform show in the the hall, in the uh, the exhibit hall on Monday. I'm working on that. We'll see if that I can make that happen. I also think we should do some Facebook living. Yes, but we'll we will see. probably do more of that this year. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, lots of fun uh, to look forward to. But yes, so we have stickers. ERLC has slap bracelets. Um, since I'm going to be at the SBC and TGC, I might get a slap bracelet and a sticker. So mm -hmm. um, we'll see. But yeah, we're looking forward to that. And there are a lot, you know, Gospel Coalition is it, it, the conference is every other year. And it's made up of a lot of different people, but a number of Southern Baptists are involved in it. Yep. So we're excited. We have a lot excited. of people from Lifeway headed that way, too. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, Dr. Aiken and Matt Carter. Matt Carter is one of our graduates uh, from our DMA oh, program. Right. Yeah, they're, yeah, yeah. yeah, they're presenting together. Trevin Wax is also presenting, and he is one of our graduates as a well. PhD so, graduate, yep. Yep. So we'll be excited and supporting him. Um, so it, it'll be a good time and always a nice uh, time to catch up with uh, old friends. Yep. And I'm headed to a sister seminary this week. Uh, down yes. to New Orleans. So Dr. Rainer speaking in chapel on Thursday. We'll be down there in the uh, the Crescent City later uh, next week. So Excellent. Well, I'm sure you will enjoy being back in Louisiana. Yes. I always enjoy trips to my home state just for the food for the most part. But, you know, it's good to, to hang out at New Orleans as well. Yeah. But the food, you know, I, I miss the food. Right. Right. Absolutely. All right. Well, Amy, it's been another fun episode. We've talked about a lot of things, but we will... Have to, a lot to of fun. Yes. And uh, so remember, we're heading into April, which means that's that's when the conversations uh, really get going. A lot of people are looking ahead to the SBC annual meeting. So if you have not made your plans to go, uh, please, we would love to uh, to see you there. Yep. Get your scholarship if you're a small church pastor. That's right. That's right. And, uh, you know, one of our favorite quotes here on the podcast, which we attribute to uh, Harry S. Truman and then um, Jed Bartlett on the West Wing, uh, decisions are made by those who show up. And uh, we invite you to all show up with us. And get a sticker. And get a sticker. But all let's right. but keep your eyes out. We got more announcements coming. The resolutions committee is only the beginning. Yep. All right. Well, that'll do it for us this week. We'll see you next week. See you next week. <laughs>